the fascinating thing to me is to think over eight years how we are still leaning into the original mission and like we're rapidly evolving with it too. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. In today's episode, I'm bringing on my partner in life and employee in business, my spouse, Jared Pumphrey. Jared and I have been together for 15 years, married for 10 working together since 2018, and he's been full-time at Boss Project for two years now. Now, he's only been under my management for about 90 days, and I get a lot of questions about what it's like to work and run a business with your spouse. And today, (laughs) there's no questions off the table. But before we get started, I have two really quick things. I wanted to take a second to invite you to our next workshop. Inside, we're talking about the exact strategies we've utilized to sustainably scale our business, leveraging organic marketing. These are the methods we relied on when we did the biggest experiment in our business to date and quietly relaunched an agency 12 months ago, PP Studio. We went from zero to 264000 in cash collected, relying exclusively on our warm marketing and organic traffic to drive sales. This didn't just affect one aspect of our business, however. We completely shut off paid ads, went nearly dark on social, and didn't try any trendy marketing tactics for a solid year. We just did what we know works, and we had our best year yet. Now you can save your seat and hear all about it at bossproject.com slash organic. Now too, if you haven't followed me yet on Instagram, I'd love to have you introduce yourself. You can head over to Boss Project on Instagram, follow the company there, and then you'll find my personal profile linked in the bio. I'm at Abigail Says. Now, I'm currently in testing mode and experimenting with a a lot of new graphics before things hit the creative template shop. So I'd love your opinion on what you'd like to see and what you're looking more for in the social graphics space. So feel free to send me a DM anytime. Now, (laughs) without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome for the very first time, which is weird. Like, how has it been so long? My spouse, Jared, I honestly like, how have you never been on the show before? Like, it doesn't seem possible. Jared, welcome to the Strategy Hour podcast. This is actually my second time on the show. What? No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. When were you on the show? In the 580s, 590s. I don't know. (laughs) I genuinely do not remember. What were we talking about? We were talking about management, I think. Interesting. Okay. Well, apparently it wasn't memorable for me. (laughs) 
my bad. <laughs> now, before we dive in to today's topic, can you tell our listeners a bit more about your professional background leading up to you leaving corporate in 2018? Sure. So I am a trained landscape architect and I practiced for about seven years, got my license and worked through that. And in 2019, there was an opportunity to leave and work from home with Abigail. It was 2018, wasn't it? No, it was 2019. Gosh, my years, you guys. 15 years is a long time to be with somebody. Anyway, keep going. So there was an opportunity to leave. Yeah, it was like, it was June of 2019. It was June of 2018. No, it was 2019. Okay, all right, all right. When we decided that I was going to move and pursue some other endeavors you were working on and refocus. But why, like what led up to you leaving? Was it the corporate burnout? Like, tell them a little bit more. It was corporate burnout big time. It was being a young associate, moving in the ranks, had been at a company for five years and not having the protection of management really led to the everyday grind. And every day that that I showed up to work to put my best foot forward, there was like just continuing beat down. And it became to a point that ahead that I was just like, there is no way that I can put up with this for the next 30 years. And I was working with senior people that had told me their response was, well, I had to, I've had to deal with it for 27 years. And I'm just like, how did you deal with this for 27 years? Because this is not what I signed up for and went to college to do. So I just think it was a combination of factors. And Abby did her badassery. <laughs> and you decided to leave. Yeah. And she is in complete support of that like decision that I was in complete support because honestly, you guys, it was a terrible situation. Like it wasn't so much the work, like the work he was doing was, was great. He worked at one of the most prestigious architecture firms in Kansas city. And he was working on humongous projects. Like for instance, the sphere they just built in Vegas was one of his projects before he left, which the fact that that's true and all of these years have passed just tells you how long construction takes anyway. Well, there was a pandemic that slowed everything down. So (laughs) that's true. That definitely put a damper in construction for sure. But watching you be in a work environment where you were taken for granted, but also that there was just no accountability on an ethical front at all. And I definitely remember feeling that way when I was in corporate too, where I was just like, how is this okay? How is this plausible? I can't, I can't believe this is even happening. And I remember years later after I had left, cause I left corporate much before Jared did. And I ran into someone I used to work with online, actually. And I said, man, like, there was a point in my working career before I left and built this business that I thought I needed to call the FBI, which I know that sounds like really dramatic, but I worked in the financial industry and the things happening behind the scenes that some of these corporate companies are out of this world. And I told him about that and he was like, you should have because he I mean, he worked at the same place and it was so wild to feel that justification all those years later of no, you're not crazy like this isn't okay, and you deserve better. And I know for me, 
not only my own personal experience, but watching what Jared went through has been a huge motivator for me being really intentional about the management and culture that I build into this business and how I teach other businesses to scale their own in a really sustainable and ethical way. Because there's a lot of really not okay approaches that you could take that may work, but at what cost? And, And who are you punishing or taking advantage of along the way? And especially when you're taking advantage of people or populations of people, it is just not okay with me. It does not sit well with me. Well, and I think it's taken me four years to unpack seven years of workplace trauma and identify what what is it that I learned by being a part of a culture that I didn't want to be a part of. And like, I reject that reality. And let's like charge forward with the way that in that I know as a person that you treat other people. Yeah. And so in part of this project process, I've had been managers to other people in our in our company here at Boss Project and going through a management course and having a call with an HR consultant, like, here's what happened. How do we set up some guardrails and guide rails so that nobody that I'm managing feels like they were in the position that I was in? Oh, 100%. And I, I really am so glad we we put Jared and as well as other managers through a management training with Makita Andrews. She is an incredible management coach and definitely has been a vital vital part of our organization and teaching our full-time staff and being there for them in ways that as someone's direct manager is nearly impossible because there is so much personal stuff that's also associated with managing people and having a safe place that they could go has been really helpful. And then the HR consultant he mentioned was Kira from Paradigm. She has been great to really handle the more like technical side of hiring and also getting people up to speed with stuff. And I know she spent some personal time with you to just help you unpack some things. It's hard to believe like it's gone so fast. Like you did leave now in 2019, apparently not 2018. You should have told me I gave you the list of questions before we started. Anyway, you left in 2019 and then we worked on some other projects on the side. And then also you were caregiving for a significant portion of that time caring for Dee, who passed earlier this year. But you came on to Boss Project two years ago, which is wild. You started as a contractor in summer of 2021, and then you went full-time that December. And you've been around since the beginning, though. So I want to know from your perspective what it's been like watching your spouse build a business. Well, I think as the outsider looking in, my job up and, you know, sort of up until 2021 was to be a cheerleader and sort of be like, yeah, you can do that. And yeah, you do have the support to do that. And like, I understand that in the beginning, I remember you were on a a phone call at 1130 with a client. PM. PM. (laughs) Yeah. And you were, and because you had, you were working on something and you had sent an email at like 11 o'clock 
And then she called you and you were like, oh, I didn't think you would still be up. And she said, well, what do you mean? You're, you know, an entrepreneur. You're always working sort of thing. And you're always available. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that was the last time you ever sent an email that late. Absolutely. Was that the last time? That was year one. (laughs) Yeah. And we figured out a at the time, Google didn't have built-in scheduling and you had to connect in a third-party app in order to do it. I think it was called like Boomerang or something. Oh, to yeah, to schedule an email later. Now now it's all in Gmail and it's super easy. You can schedule emails for the morning. But at the time, it wasn't possible. So Yeah, it wasn't a thing. I still think we were even under thinkcreativecollectivekc at gmail.com was what you were still sending at. Like, Are you outing my professionalism right now? I mean, <laughs> you were starting. You were working on five-gallon buckets with your laptop sitting in a lawn chair. Truly. I don't think you guys realize this business started in the middle of a construction zone on a folding table. No, it wasn't even a folding table. It was five-gallon buckets, and you had stacked a, a Rubbermaid like, tote on top of it to get it to a height that it was workable. You know what? You got to work with what you got. We've come a long way. Now people are like, you got this beautiful office. Yeah, it's a closet office. And I spend a lot of time in here. But it's definitely an upgrade from that five gallon bucket era for sure. So I mean, I think that there that in the beginning, it was a lot of grind and hustle. And I think for a number of years, I just accepted that you were working all the time. And like, that was okay. Yeah, I definitely it took me some time to develop a relationship with work that it could be something I put down and it could be something I just work on like a job, like during normal office hours and then let it go. But in those early days, like there was so much I wanted to pursue. And so during the day, I was working on client work and designing full time. And then I had this desire to build a business that talk to other entrepreneurs and talk to other online businesses and creatives and build this community. And it was almost like it was a second business to the point that I had a second set of working hours to build that version. And I could say I regret like working that hard, but I don't. Honestly, you guys, like I am so glad I put in that time and energy then because it did give me a lot of space in other years where I definitely didn't have to work as hard. And right now I'm definitely more in a season of doing in a way that I haven't been in a long time, but it's work I'm excited about doing. And so I don't regret putting in the effort by any means. Well, and I think as an owner, you're always thinking about it. Well, that's true. It's definitely true. How do you think that transitioned over time for you? What was the evolution like from the sidelines? Well, I mean, I saw every single different product launch from doing client work full time to the original BizChick co-op to courses to primarily only coaching back to the agency side of Boss Project Studio, the evolution of the creative template shop. Like the fascinating thing to me is to think over eight years, how we are still leaning into the original mission and like we're rapidly evolving with it too. To think back to how the BizChick co-op seven years ago, eight years ago is influencing a need that we still see today. A hundred percent. And I think part of it, I remember like, 
talking to mom and like sharing her with her like my desires to build community and I I think she was kind of taken aback by what I wanted and was like how are you gonna do that and I think part of it is like I didn't know and that didn't matter it was how can I make it better how can I keep improving how can I keep serving more people and the version that is gonna relaunch here shortly you guys are gonna get access to a waitlist sooner rather than later dang like it would literally not have been possible eight years ago not on this scale not at this not at this like depth like there's just so much that's going into it and I couldn't do it without a team well and I think it's doing it without a team that doesn't have an ownership in it who is able to take what you're visioning and dreaming about and having clarity like right now at on a Saturday at 10 a.m and has to write 137 page pages or 5,000 words or whatever it was it was a lot and you are coming back to your team now and putting some of the things that to other people would probably feel like random thoughts or strings of thought and you're piecing it together and your team is able to really support you in saying like, yes, this is a good idea. Yes, this is a good idea. This one we understand, but here's the, here's the pitfalls of it. And you, Abby, I think in the last 90 days have been really open to receiving feedback from your team. Yeah, I've had to be like, there's just been so many changes, but before we get to current, I do want to know how you felt because there was a period where you were home and we were working together, but like truly the stuff I was working on while it was definitely a second business for me, at least for me, it was very part-time effort. And you were putting in more energy into some of those side projects than I was, but me asking you to come on to boss project in a more full-time capacity Like I knew, I think you saw it coming at some point, potentially, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, how was it different working on those side things versus working on my baby that I've been building for eight years? I mean, the side things were great. I could do a lot with them. I think that it really split our attention. And so me being able to pour fuel on the boss project fire and reallocate my resources of time and knowledge and energy and effort and those pieces into something that ultimately has more potential for sustainable long-term growth felt like a no-brainer. Yeah. Do you think people, I don't want to put thoughts in your head, but like, I've always kind of wondered, like, do y'all think it's weird that I hired a landscape architect to run marketing? Well, I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why. (laughs) Well, because the thing that I learned in landscape architecture was, is there are some very valuable skills to marketing and that you have to be overly communicative with clients. You have to work through multiple systems and processes that are complex. And, and I'm talking about in landscape architecture, we would be having to submit help submit a permit for a tree protection plan that would require a bat study. And if you didn't cut trees down between this time period and this time period, you couldn't cut any trees down to develop. And 
we had a whole gamut of clients and some would be very like environment environmentally conscious and others would just be like, I don't care, like cut all the trees down. Well, sure. But like, how does that apply to what you're doing? I mean, I have my take, but what's yours? So my thing is, it's like you have to be able to communicate the facts of what is happening, what the information and the knowledge that you have that you know, and present it in a way that is very understandable to the client and the person that is making the final call on it. And so in the instance of the bat study, it's like, here's the bat study. This is what it tells us. This is what I recommend because of X, Y, and Z factors. So this is the number of trees that we would remove and kind of compromise. And I think in the, sa- in the same way, we have some really complex systems in marketing. I mean, we just, right before we jumped on to record, we're having a conversation about how to segment and automate some of our audience so that we better know who they are, where they're at and where they're at in business and be more intentional with how they would plug into, to our offers. And in order to do that, there's like four systems that have to interconnect in order for us to be making decisions with all the facts about our audience. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. For sure. Well, for those of you who don't speak Jared, <laughs> what I want you to know is if you were to flash back before he was brought on as a contractor, we called him our lowest paid or ha- what, what do we call him? Something most active volunteer. I was a volunteer. I need you to know that he's absolutely been a part of the team in some other capacity for many years longer than that. And he used to manage the Facebook group on his own time (laughs) in a volunteer capacity. And one of the unique things that kind of came up from that is because he's been around since the beginning is he's our resident encyclopedia. So like he knows where everything lives and he knows all of the content we've ever produced. And if a client or prospect or audience member asks a question, he's like, like pull up five resources in 2.2 seconds. And so it was really helpful to have him come in. And I think it's kind of bridging the gap because what I think a lot of people don't understand is there's like this high level strategy to marketing, which I think has still always been owned by the owners, but there's also like this production side of marketing that is communication based. It is consistently showing up. It is ensuring that people are equipped with resources and also answering questions. And there's there's kind of a line between customer service and marketing where it kind of all blends together that I think you've brought on unique roles. But also since this business is a small team, you may have the title of marketing manager, but you are also doing a lot of things that (laughs) would not necessarily fall in that role. Like you're running payroll and you're handling benefits and communicating about our 401k and health insurance and handling a lot of the legal aspects. You sign contracts for me for all of our sponsors because there's just a lot going on in like the podcast world and all of that stuff. So It's not one thing, but all of that to say, I needed a really detail-oriented person who could be fast on their feet. And studio and and being in a high-pressure work environment for years definitely taught him how to do that. So This is way less pressure that sometimes I have to pinch myself. Oh, so do I need to up the pressure, sir? (laughs) Well, I'll bring it if you want me to bring it. Now, what did you think, though? When I said, what do you think about full time? What were what were the thoughts for you? Well, I think there was a couple of thoughts. There was the one about like, okay, well, if this is full time, then what does that mean to my future career? Is this something that I'm going to commit to for the long haul? 
and kind of be be in it? Or is this something that I'm going to take on now and when something changes, like I could re-enter the, the design profession? I think I'm at the point at the moment that it's been working out that we're going to figure out how to flex and work together to, to kind of stay where I am. So you'll stay. Project. You'll I'll stay. stay. I'll stay with you. <laughs> but I think initially, like that was a hesitation because I was hearing from some of my, some of, I was hearing from some of my family, like, like, why would you have this, you know, professional master's degree and, and leave it? And I think I was listening to them a little too much. Well, I don't think they understand the lifestyle that this affords you being able to work in this kind of work environment. And I and I think the lifestyle is our driver. A hundred percent. It's the driver of all the things. Yeah. And I think the other hesitation was I didn't know if like me working for you, like there was a money thing because for a number of years, the point of work was for always money. For you? For me. Promotions, money. Promotions, money. Health insurance, money. It all kind of interconnected. And I think the thing is, is like in our initial conversation, it was like, well, you do realize like you're going to have to pay me. Well, obviously. Like sort of add an equal thing. And it was just like telling my spouse, putting on our work hats and saying, okay, well, what, what is the title and what is the salary for that title? And what is the job description for that title? And so we just had to, we had to really get clear on what the expectation was for the role in order for me to come on so that there wasn't confusion around what I was doing and what I was getting compensated to do. Well, 100%. I just think it's funny that he had that reaction. And I definitely remember that being the reaction. But I was like, I have hired a lot of people at this point. Like, I'm not like, you're not, you wouldn't be the first employee, you wouldn't be the first contractor by a lot. Like there was a lot that came before. And I had quite a bit of management experience before even it being a question on the table. And so I just think it's funny that he went into like negotiation point of view. And I was like, I'm going to hire you for the position and compensate you based on the position because that's what you do in an ethical work environment. You don't overly compensate a spouse or family member just because they're that person. And so I had to make a fair and equitable pay offer that was in alignment with the title. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I think part of what helped it kind of work initially was when you did come on full time, I wasn't your direct manager for many years. No, you weren't. And you didn't know what I was really working on. No. And I think that's maybe perhaps a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people don't realize is that like, because I wasn't in a marketing capacity, Jared sitting in a marketing role, I wasn't in the day-to-day mix of what he was doing. And so I didn't really have an opinion about what he was doing. I was, I left the management and oversight and critique and feedback to Emily. And I think at least to get our footing under what it was like to actually work full time together, that was helpful. Well, I think it was healthy. It really, it helped us draw a line between what is work, Abby and Jared, and what is 
at home outside of work, Abby and Jared. A hundred percent. And I, I feel like when work was over, what was very easy to just switch into a marriage capacity. But I, you know, I still remember even years ago sitting down and being like, okay, I need to have a work conversation really quick. And I think it's been helpful. I think it's been helpful to have those like one-liners. I don't think I can explain how important it's been to be like, I'm talking to you as my spouse or I'm talking to you about work and kind of qualify a conversation if it's not in the typical environment. Most of our work communication happens over Slack and Zoom like it does with every other member of our team. For sure, there's still stuff that comes up at the dinner table because we have thoughts and ideas and it's still, you know, you want to share about your day, but sometimes you're sharing about your day as your spouse and sometimes you're sharing about your day as an employee, employee manager relationship. So what has been helpful for you, though, in figuring out how to balance work and marriage? Well, I think the first one is, yes, you qualify conversations, but also me being able to say, hey, this needs to wait until Monday. If this takes more than five minutes to talk about, let's talk about it Monday. And like, let's actually have a a meeting, a check-in, something, or else it for you, I get it never turns off. Yeah, it doesn't turn off. And it doesn't turn off for me. And I think part of the challenge, though, that I have had is since you've been home, which has now been a while, so I'm not like, it's not new, but I used to utilize you to bounce ideas off of. And now, more often than not, you don't hear about it until the rest of the staff hears about it. Like, you don't you don't get idea Abby very often. And sometimes when I do want to talk to you on the weekend, it's because I want to talk to you as my spouse about my ideas at work. And that it's just like a weird line of like, how do you handle that conversation? Well, and I think sometimes as you talk to me about it, what we have to get better at is do you want me to help you offer a solution? Or do you just want me to, to listen to it? Yeah, I, you're right. And honestly, though, guys, like, If learning how to communicate has done anything, it also was essential in our marriage. I think us being better communicators all around, like for sure with clients, absolutely. For sure with students, absolutely. But it was critical to better understand when does someone just need to listen to you? When do you need someone to support you? When do you want ideas or solutions? When do you just want to vent? (laughs) Because they're still your person. Like, And I think it's important to acknowledge those moments. Like they're not going to go away when you work together. I do think there's still moments where we'll be at work and you'll slip into a marriage kind of (laughs) attitude or response. And that's hard as a manager to mitigate because sometimes I'm like, you're giving me sass because we're married, not because of any other reason. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't necessarily always know the best way to handle those situations when, when they happen in front of other people. No comment. I guess we keep working on it. <laughs> we do need to keep working on it. It's not a, it's an evolution. Yeah. And I would just add that I think you and I were both raised by very, very different communication styles of our parents. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I think your parents went to the other opposite rooms. My parents 
the volume would increase. Yeah, no, for sure. The silent treatment is how I grew up. Jared grew up in a household with a lot of arguing and we had to figure out on the marriage side, how do you fight effectively in a way that's not hurting the other person, but like still sharing how you feel and all of those things. Lots of therapy, lots of <laughs> evolving as a person, maturing as a couple, all of those things. And I think that's helped. But honestly, if we hadn't done that work first, I don't think our working relationship would be where it's at at all. I don't think we could have done it. Uh-uh. I think we would have ended up divorced, truly. Is that extreme? Yeah, that's probably extreme. I just don't think that I would have felt comfortable jumping into it. I think I would have divorced you. <laughs> I, just, I love you a lot. But like, I genuinely think if we had jumped into it any sooner than we had, it wouldn't have worked. And I think if you and I didn't personally work on our own patterns and how the examples that we had growing up were unhealthy, like we probably we wouldn't even be talking about working together. No, for sure. I think that's a huge part of it. Now, a couple of quick questions, because we got to wrap this show up, you guys. <laughs> I did want to ask you, there's a lot of changes as of late. And I've been a more active role in your work day to day. What's been challenging about that for you and or rewarding? Well, let's just talk about that. This has been a season of change since Memorial Day both personally and professionally. And so as you have taken a more active role in the marketing space, I think it's given me and the team an opportunity to turn over every stone and ask ourselves, is this fact? Is this fiction? Is this working? Is this not working? Is this a barrier? Is this not? And I think you're willing to, again, ask some questions and challenge us with it and not be afraid if we tell you, no, that doesn't work anymore. And you want to take the feedback of the team and implement it. Yeah, I have definitely been making more changes than I anticipated making 90 days ago. But I think part of it is being away from certain aspects for so long. Like it's sort of like an audit an all business audit. <laughs> you mentioned turning over one leaf at a time, one stone at a time. It's looking at every email, every funnel, every page, every every message, our copy, all of it, and really thinking about how do we want to show up and what does that look like? So it's been interesting and I think it's been rewarding. I think you and I still have like a new phase of like development to go through. Personally, I think we're good, but like, I think we still have some stuff to work on. Yeah, well, you and I have to work on how to give and take feedback and the process following feedback to implement. Yes. That's really where we have to work on because that could bleed into our personal marriage. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I think the thing that's different with marriage versus work is like, we're at the point where the other person doesn't have a lot of feedback on the day to day because we've already worked through all of those things. Like we've already, we've already divided and conquered who's owning what part of our life and our household and our duties. And 
we're not disappointed in the other person for not participating in something because we've already like had those conversations and worked those things out. And there's just so much new on the table. And so not that this needs to be like a hash out by any means. Like it is not a volatile working relationship by any means. It's fun. It's challenging. I think we both get annoyed occasionally. Is his eyebrows raised? You can't see him. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, one more question and then we're going to wrap it up. I'd love to hear from your perspective what you're most excited about for the future of Boss Project and specifically everyone listening to the show. Well, I'm really excited to connect in a more meaningful way with our audience and our clients and our students and our members in ways that show up and work together with them on sort of unlocking bits of the business and pieces of content that haven't been surfaced in a while or have been behind a gate that wasn't necessarily just readily accessible. And so moving forward in this in this business, like we're talking accessibility to really empower and help you take your business to the next level. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm excited about the future and I look forward to all the evolutions that continue to change. And I'm sure we'll have an update when we're like a solid year into like actually having me be his manager. Because for the rec, let the record show, I do not plan to bring Jared on as a business partner and I plan to own the company. And so like he will work for me and that's something that I made very clear before he started because anyway, there's a lot that goes into that. We were in a meeting and that question was asked and it was, Abby was like, no. Yeah. But we had advisors that like we did meet with other people to get some takes on various things before we made some decisions and we had to get on the same page about some of those things. So I said no conversations were off the table. So I'm not... I'm not going to gatekeep anything, you guys. So if you have questions or follow up, you're welcome to send me a DM. And I specifically wanted to keep sharing all of the things <laughs> with you, especially in our next and upcoming workshop. Inside, we're going to be sharing exactly how we build our business online, utilizing organic marketing. And while you can leverage things like paid advertising, intense social strategies, and other trendy marketing tactics, I absolutely positively believe there's a way to make more with more ease. And these strategies haven't just worked for us in our business. These are the exact things we teach our clients and they lead to real results. I know Claire followed our framework and she did $20,750 in sales in one week. And Mandy was able to launch her course with pre-sales and get the ball rolling before her maternity leave. We followed these exact strategies and relaunched our agency from scratch and went from $0 to $264,000 in just 12 months from one of the revenue streams inside of our business. And we're going to share all of our best practices for building businesses online and scaling organically. You can find out exactly what I'm talking about at bossproject.com organic. Save your seat, bossproject.com organic.
And before I go, I'm doing a little research and it would be incredibly helpful for me to know what stage of business you're at. If you could head to bossproject.com slash sign up and fill out a quick one question survey, it would mean so much to me. That's bossproject.com slash sign up. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.